Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, this episode is going to be dedicated to Joe Burrow's life, his youth, his growing up, his development, all things Joe Burrow, as we welcome in Professor Scott Burson, the author of From Bulldog to Bengal, The Joe Burrow Story. What's up, Bengal Nation? This is Adrian the Mad Backer Ross, and you're listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Who day? The Unofficial Bengals Podcast would like to welcome author of From Bulldog to Bengal, The Joe Burrow Story, Professor Scott Burson. All right, I'm real excited for our next guest, and this is the author of From Bulldog to Bengal, Bengal superfan, knows pretty much everything about Joe Burrow. I'd like to welcome Scott Burson. Scott, how are you today? Hey, doing great. Uh, Glad to be on your show, Frank. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this great book, and I want to give people a sneak preview of it. You know, I don't want to give away too much of the book, but I have a lot of questions, maybe too many questions. I have like 18, so it's not twi- not quite 20 questions, but and we'll try not to give away too many spoilers from the book, but you know, you know so much about Burrow and it's such an interesting topic to all the listeners, so you know, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit if you don't mind. 18's a good number. That's uh, number 9 times 2, right? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Okay, so actually let's get started. So what inspired you to write this book? Yeah, so I live in uh, northern Indiana now. I'm a professor at Indiana Wesleyan University, but I grew up in Athens. I'm an Athens High School graduate. And originally, this this was not a book just about Joe. Joe was going to be in the book, but it was a book about a handful of uh, Athens High School graduates who have gone on to national prominence. Joe was going to be in Sports Lane. Uh, I'll give you a, a couple other names. Maya Lin, she actually lives in New York City, but she's, she was the designer of the Vietnam Veterans War Memorial in Washington, D.C., and she did that when she was an undergrad at Yale, and so she was a senior at Athens uh, High School when I was a freshman. Atul Gawande uh, is in the Biden administration, and he's a New York Times bestselling author. He's a surgeon, uh, well-known speaker on behalf of public health initiatives, Another one would be Bill Greer uh, in the music lane, and uh, he's run security for just about every rock band you can think of. 
and he was Ozzy Osbourne's manager for several years. So you can imagine some of the stories he has to tell. But uh, when I got, I went back to Athens, I started interviewing people. I, I got so many great stories about Joe. I thought, you know, we could do a whole biography on, on Joe celebrating his first 25 years. And that's what we decided to do. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, you know, somebody who's only 25, 26 years old, you can't write a biography on them. Uh, usually it's after somebody's dead or after they've retired. But Joe has done so much in the first you know, 25 years. Uh, it's I think it was well worth uh, investing the time and energy to do it. Oh, yeah, and it's a great topic. I mean, you know, football is the most popular sport in America, and he is mm -hmm. one of the best at that game. I don't know what's in the water over in Athens, but you're turning out some <laughs> phenomenal human beings, yourself included. How has writing this book impacted your life? It's really been a labor of love. Uh, in many ways, it's reconnected me to my roots. My dad was the first city recreation director in Athens, and he was a coach. So he was a city rec uh, director there from 1964 to 1980. So a lot of people know him. Uh, he was a PE teacher and, and so forth. Uh, my mom was a music teacher, so everyone had to take her, you know, go, going through. So, so I have deep roots uh, in, in Athens County. But, you know, one thing in particular, you know, during my dad's tenure when he was the Athens City Rec uh, director, he uh, helped formalize a lot of the youth sports programs. And one of them was uh, tackle Saturday morning tackle football. Uh, it went away for a while. Uh, there was some concern over head injuries. And then there was a guy named Sam Smathers who decided to kind of lead a charge to bring it back. And Sam became my co-author. And we'll talk about Sam a little bit more because Sam became uh, Joe Burrow's first uh, youth football coach. And so for me, that was kind of, there was a nice symmetry and uh, poetry to that, I thought. You know, my dad helped uh, start tackle football, youth tackle football in Athens. I uh, went away for a while, then Sam helped bring it back. Yeah, so I mean, based on your father and Sam's contributions, that really brought the world Joe Burrow. If, if not for those things, you know, who knows what might have happened. Maybe he would have been, you know, a point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, anything could have happened at that point. Um, as far as challenges in writing the book or, you know, how easy or hard was it to track down the information? What, what were some of the challenges or barriers that made this a more difficult project? Yeah, the biggest challenge, I would say, you know, as I said earlier, I'm a university professor, so I'm pretty busy, you know, from September to May. Uh, I have my summers off, do a lot of writing in the summers. I do some online teaching, but I had to get this thing done really in four or five months. So that was the biggest challenge. And so I'd get up six o'clock every morning. I'd work, you know, all day long uh, and just, you know, until I could probably go to bed on most days and there was seven days a week and so it was just uh you know laser focus uh for about five five months so that was a big that was a big challenge another challenge was you know joe just doesn't sit down for interviews i interviewed 60 people in athens county and i talked to jimmy his dad about the best way to you know, get some time with joe and he says you know joe just is very shy he has social anxiety he doesn't like doing interviews he says he won't even sit down with peter king you know, for an interview so that was a challenge but because you know you know i've got an advanced degree i've got a phd I, i'm a researcher you know i was able to kind of dig in and uh you know i probably listened to watched all of joe's uh, press conferences through the years and uh, any interview he's ever done you know that was source material for me so i think he, his voice is strong uh, throughout throughout the book but that was certainly a challenge now Sam Smathers has the personal relationship with Joe, and he cleared it with Joe. So this is an authorized biography, 
sat down with uh, Joe's parents for several hours, and then they read every chapter as I was writing it. Uh, but I would say, you know, the, the time factor, uh, and then, you know, also you're not getting direct FaceTime with Joe. Those were both challenges. Oh, without a doubt. And the fact that you're a full-time professor and you had to cram this in during basically your off-season, you know, it's, it's not easy to write a book. It's, it's a very involved process, so mm-hmm. I, I admire that devotion to it. Um, you, you did touch on how hard it is to get a sit-down with Joe Burrow. I mean, being from Athens, doing this project, have you ever met Joe Burrow along the lines? You know, I have not met Joe yet. And so I imagine that will happen uh, at some point. Uh, like I said, my co-author, uh, Sam Smathers, you know, stays in touch with Joe. And when Joe comes back to Athens, uh, actually the Plains, uh, that's actually where, where Joe grew up, which is in Athens County. That's where the high school is. But he'll slip in and, and go into Sam's garage with him. It's called the Dog Pound. Uh, it's right on the edge of the football stadium there. It's called Joe Burrow Stadium now, the high school stadium. But it's got a, a great, you know, Sam has a, a basically a museum in there of his former players, his kids, and, of course, Joe Burrow. But Joe will go in there and visit visit with him and then when sam comes to games he'll sit in the suite with with joe's parents and so he's the one with the personal relationship and that was very valuable i really leaned into the voices of athens county i interviewed 60 people many of whom i had gone to high school with who were you know really important formational uh influences in in joe's life so that's kind of where i focused a lot of my attention was making sure that the voices in athens county were strong from beginning to end in the book uh, that, that's great stuff and and Joe does seem like someone who doesn't forget where he came from. You know, that's yeah. obvious with his Heisman speech and, and the way he carries himself. So it's nice to hear that he actually has some sit-down time with Sam when he comes around. Mm-hmm. How often does Joe Burrow come to Athens, or does he hang out there? Is it? I don't, I don't know if his parents still live there. Like, what's what's his current affiliation with the area? Like, is, can you see him around town? Does it, does it work out like that? Yeah, I think Joe... Uh was probably back in Athens County three times uh, this past off season. You know, he's a rock star now. (laughs) So anywhere he goes, you know, he does have, he said this, so I'm not, you know, revealing a secret. He does have social anxiety. So, I mean, he, he loves the fans and and, uh, and all that, but the attention of going out in public and, you know, getting all the photos and autograph requests, you know, he loves the fans, but that's a little tough on him. It's a little much. So when he comes to town, he usually kind of sneaks in and he doesn't go out too much in public. It's usually to see his old friends or to go to a wedding, uh, something, something like that. His parents still live in the house that he grew up in, in the Plains. And I'll tell you a little story about that. After he got drafted by the Bengals, he came home and uh, it's about two and a half hours away from Cincinnati and uh, his dad Jimmy said to him you know we're thinking about maybe selling the house so we can move closer to you in Cincinnati and and Joe just looked at him and said you would sell our house (laughs) (laughs) and uh, his parents were like uh well maybe 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 not and uh, Joe said no I don't want you to sell the house you know I I always want to have a place to stay you know when i come back to visit with uh you know the people in, in my hometown and so i don't think they'll be selling the house and as soon as he you know signs that uh, that mega deal you know which is coming up in a matter of weeks i would imagine you know uh his parents will probably have a house in cincinnati and in the plains oh i can imagine they might have a house in monaco for all we know <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, so that, that's troublesome for Joe Burrow when you think of that. If he does have that kind of social anxiety and everyone is pulling at him from every direction at this point because, like I said, he's, he's become one of the most popular figures in the most popular sport. Yeah. So being from Athens, and obviously Joe Burrow is a legend there, as far as you're concerned, what was your first personal recollection of Joe Burrow? Yeah, so as I said, I live in northern Indiana, 
And of course, we all can stay in touch with old uh, friends through Facebook and other social media uh, platforms. Uh, so I was aware that something was brewing, you know, in high school. But I, I sat, I remember sitting at the kitchen table with my wife. She, she's an artist. She was doing art on her side of the table. And I actually was finishing up my, my PhD thesis. And we would do that uh, so we could spend time together. And she was doing her tedious work. I was doing my tedious work. And this one particular night, uh, Joe Burrow and the Athens High School Bulldogs were playing for the state championship. And so I listened to that on the radio. And I was just completely overwhelmed uh, with how he dominated that game. They ended up getting beat on a controversial last-second play, but but he was absolutely phenomenal, and uh, he was Mr. Football in the state of Ohio that particular year, his senior year. But from that point on, I just started following Joe on a granular level at Ohio State. You know, he didn't get really get on the field much. The, you know, the transfer uh, to LSU and, you know, his senior year was the, probably the greatest, uh, se- you know, single season by a quarterback, a college quarterback, and by a, a team. Uh, so I followed that, you know, then – for him to get drafted, you know, by my childhood team, the Bengals, you know, was just kind of a dream come true. So I would say, you know, his senior year in, in high school and then uh, from that point on. And was there a point, you know, to be this big of a star, I guess like people from towns and towns over, it's not just like your your local area hears of this guy. I'm sure word of him spread quickly throughout your portion of Ohio. When was it clear that he was kind of like the best football player around. I mean, was it, I, I, you talk about that senior year and, and that great performance, but was it earl, a little bit earlier where, where people were like, wow, there's this kid from Athens who's just really special? Yeah, I would say his youth football coaches, I mean, they knew something was special about Joe, not just Joe, but that whole class. I mean, this was the strongest class of boys and girls ever to go through Athens High School. And we've had some some pretty phenomenal athletes uh, that have gone through. But as a collective class, I think there were 21 or 22 that got you know, college athletic scholarships, and that's a fairly small school. So that was fairly impressive. So, I mean, you know, the Sam Smathers and some of his assistants, you know, by, by sixth grade, I mean, they knew something was happening. And by the time they got to high school, there would be a special group coming through. But Joe started all four years as a basketball player. And uh, his senior year, he was first team All-State. So as a freshman, you know, he was probably the best player on the basketball team on varsity, but he was playing freshman football. He wasn't on the varsity for football. And so people weren't thinking about Joe Burrow as a football player when he was a freshman. They were thinking about him as a basketball player. He could have easily gone on and played Division I basketball if he had chosen to do that. His sophomore year, he was in the running for the quarterback uh, position, but there was an upperclassman that certainly had the inside track. But that upperclassman, his dad actually was a coach at Ohio University under Jimmy Burrow, Joe's dad. He ended up leaving and went to Fresno State, uh, which opened up the slot you know, for Joe to start as a as a sophomore. And they instituted a brand new offense at that point, you know, which was, uh, you know, RPO offense and they're passing the ball a lot, you know. Uh, and uh, so his sophomore year, by the end of his sophomore year, he was turning heads. I mean, he was second team All-State uh, at that point. And then his junior year, you know, he took a step forward. They kept getting beat in the regional uh, final. And then by the time he was a senior, you know, they made it to state. They made it to the championship game, and he was Mr. Football. But, I mean, his junior year, he was the Gatorade player of the, um, of the year in the state of Ohio. So, certainly, you know, his 
junior year, senior year, but in terms of recruiting, he wasn't getting, you know, a ton of attention because he's playing at a very small school down in Southeast Ohio. So a lot of people are like, not sure he could do this against, you know, the, uh, the best competition. And he even admitted, you know, when he went to Ohio State, it was a big eye-opening moment for him because he hadn't played consistently against the best competition. But he did get uh, a number of uh, scholarship offers out of, out of high school. He was a three, four-star uh, recruit, but uh, Ohio State, you know, obviously was the biggest one, and that's where he went. He was a Nebraska fan growing up. His whole family, they were Nebraska fans. His dad played in Nebraska. He had two older brothers that played in Nebraska. Um, his mom, you know, grew up in in Nebraska, so that was their dream. And Nebraska just didn't uh, didn't really take him seriously, and so uh, he didn't get a scholarship offer from them, and that was heartbreaking for the whole family. And then when he decided to transfer. Nebraska gets a new coach. Scott Frost comes in. He's a family friend, and and they're thinking, all right, now that now this is Joe's chance, you know. And and Scott Frost didn't offer him a scholarship, so I mean, Nebraska t- turned him down twice. And uh, there are a lot of Husker fans that, uh, that are, that's a sore spot for a lot of Husker fans because they they've struggled lately, as we all know. Right, they could have had the best quarterback around. Maybe that would have that might have buried Joe Burrow though, because I, from I mean, at least historically, they were a big running team and not a big passing exactly. team. So yeah. maybe it'll work he, out. I, best. I think he, he ended up uh, where he needed to be, you know, and when you're surrounded by <laughs> Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, you know, you're not going to have that in Nebraska. Um, so they named a field after Joe Burrow, if I'm not mistaken. And do you know any, anything on how that came about? Yeah. I mean, as you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of times you've got a field, the field is named one thing and then the stadium's named another and that's how it is at Athens. So, I mean, the field is named after, you know, somebody. Uh, it's our Basil Rudder Field. But the stadium is Joe Burrow Stadium. And that came about five days after he, he delivered that Heisman speech, uh, which was, you know, 31 seconds, you know, talking about food insecurity and poverty in Athens County. Within a week, there was half a million dollars, you know, donated to the Athens County Food Pantry. And to give you some perspective, their annual budget's only $70,000 a year, so that was phenomenal. And so, you know, that was just a grassroots sort of thing. Another question for you, taking a little bit of a right turn here. Did Joe get any backlash from the community when he transferred to LSU? No, I don't think he did. I mean, there were a lot of people, not everybody in Athens County is an Ohio State fan. I mean, Ohio University is there, and of course, you're talking about very different size programs, but they're both D1 schools. So a lot of people feel like Ohio State gets too much attention and overshadows OU, you know, when th- things are going well. But everyone was a Joe fan, and not only in Athens County, but Southeast Ohio. I mean, it, it continued to spread, you know, his mythology of Joe Burrow. And everyone was rooting for him to get on the field. And, and every time he had a chance to perform during a spring game, you know, he would shine. And uh, he oftentimes would outperform, you know, the starting starting quarterback. And it's a spring game, so you take that with a grain of salt. But he was certainly doing what he could, you know, to impress uh, Buckeye fans and, and certainly the coaches and Urban Meyer. You know, and, the, and he had that legendary um, uh, quarterback battle with uh, Dwayne Haskins, who unfortunately, you know, died, God rest his soul. You know, I did not feel any bitterness, you know, toward uh, Urban Meyer or Dwayne Haskins when he chose to go that direction because Haskins had a tremendous you know, year and set all sorts of records. So I don't think anyone held a grudge uh, or felt bad about Joe, you know, choosing to go to LSU. I mean, he had other options. I mean, one of them was North Carolina. 
considered that. Mitch Trubisky had gone there and then got drafted very high uh, out of North Carolina. But it really came down to UC, University of Cincinnati, and uh, LSU. And it kind of looked like he was going to go to Cincinnati. I mean, it was near home. It was only two and a half hours away. Uh, his girlfriend was from Cincinnati, and she had just returned there and got a job there. She graduated from Ohio State. Luke Fickle was the, the head coach, and he knew the boroughs well because he had coached at Ohio State. So it really looked like the stars were aligning. But when he went down to, to LSU, there were a lot of things that happened you know, to kind of uh, pull him in that direction. One of them was one of his older brothers kind of convinced him or, or certainly influenced him. You know, he, he wrote him a note and said, you know, you've always said that you wanted to play at the highest level and compete for a national championship. And if that's the case, LSU is where you need to go. And so that's where he ended up. And uh, I tell you, the people down there in Louisiana probably love Joe Burrow more than the people in southeast Ohio, if that's possible. I mean, he could run for governor right now. You know, you wouldn't even have to count the votes. You know, he, he definitely, uh, he and the whole Burrow family, I mean, they're all rock stars in Baton Rouge and throughout the entire state. Yeah, I mean, it's like a home away from home for him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, so a couple more things about Joe. When you when I look at him, I mean, I've only seen him be the professional Joe Burrow. I haven't seen him at the same level that you have basically through his whole life. He he really does have like more fire, competitiveness, leadership than most human beings on the planet. You know, that's a rare breed to develop into that. What do you think caused him to become this this titan of a person? He's got a great family. Uh, I think that's where it starts. I mean, both of his parents, you know. Um, are just wonderful people and this whole experience hasn't changed them i mean they're just very down-to-earth folks and i think you know joe has gotten that from them and so you know he i think has his feet you know firmly planted in southeast ohio soil i mean a lot of people getting the attention that he's getting you know it would go to their head that's not the case with joe i mean he likes having a good time I mean, you'll see him at parties with celebrities i mean he was just in long island i think with Tom Brady and a bunch of uh, entertainers and so forth. Um, so you'll see that, but it doesn't go to, go to his head. So I mean, he's just been a leader, a quiet leader from the very beginning. I've, I've just gotten lots of stories, and he leads by example more than you know, by, by words. I think part of it, uh, I talked to one of his good friends, Zakiah Saltzman. You know, he gave me this nugget. I mean, Athens, you know, a lot of people who haven't been to Southeast Ohio don't realize that uh, Athens is a very diverse place. You might think Appalachia, very monolithic, but as I said, Ohio University is there, and so you have about 120 international countries represented on that campus. You've got about every state, you know, uh, in the union represented on that campus. So there's a lot of diversity there, and Joe spent a lot of time. Uh, on the on the OU campus, being that his dad was a football coach there, and so Zakiah Saltzman thinks, you know, growing up in Athens, you know, a diverse place, you learn how to relate to a wide variety of people, and I think Joe has carried that into every locker room that he's been in. Uh, he knows how to relate to every single person. He'll sit down, he'll have meaningful conversations, lunch with everybody in the Bengals locker room, the LSU locker room. So he, he relates to each person uh, in a way uh, that's kind of customized or relative to, to their background. I think he learned that to some degree in Athens just because of the diversity there. And I think that has really served him well, like I said, in every locker room he's been in. Wow. And, you know, on top of that, he has that, elo- he has that eloquence about him. He always seems to say the right thing. And someone who is a shy person and, as you said, has a little bit of social anxiety, it's just – it's just amazing how he comes across. I know you've heard basically all of his interviews. We all go back to the Heisman speech. How do you feel he developed that skill? Like I almost thought, did he have like a great agent that coached him to 
never make a verbal mistake during interviews, or do you, do you think it was something else? Yeah, that was a work in progress, I think. I mean, I, I watched probably his very first TV interview would have been when he was a sophomore in high school. And he had a lot of social anxiety. I mean, he struggled. And, of course, the kid that was interviewing him, it was just like a high school local access interview. The kid interviewing him was struggling, too. So this was always been a work in, in progress for him. Joe's the type of guy that could do anything he wants to do when he puts his mind to it. And so I think he just put his mind to it that he was going to learn, you know, how to you know, do it in front of the lights, how to speak in front of the lights. And as you said, I mean, he's comfortable doing it now. He doesn't enjoy it, but he is comfortable doing it. And he does. He's a very intelligent guy. I mean, his his intelligent, his uh, IQ is off the charts. You know, the guy in his spare time he watches physics videos, you know, so he's very quirky in a lot of ways. Um, very smart guy, though. But as you said, you know, he's articulate. Uh, he doesn't like speaking too long, but he'll get right to the right to the point and so it seems to say the right thing uh, over and over again. So I just think it's something that he's worked on on his own. I don't know that he's gotten a ton of coaching, but uh, whatever he puts his mind to, I mean, he can do it. Yeah, and he's shown that to be as good of a football player he is and to be really a hero his whole life. You know, you, you can tell that whatever Joe Burrow wants to do, Joe Burrow will do. And and the eloquence in interviews, I guess, is a big part of that. All right, so last question before we get to uh, promoing the book. In just a couple quick sentences, now I don't want to give spoilers for the book, but can you encapsulate Joe Burrow's life from Bulldog to Bengal, just in a handful of sentences? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll just talk about the, you know, the book. I mean, I do think that's a good title, uh, From Bulldog to Bengal, encapsulating you know, his first 26 26- years but uh you know it's all the all the on-field glory is in the book but really the major theme i think is family and community through sports i mean you know joe got integrated into athens you know through sports he played travel ball all three sports you know uh, basketball baseball and football and he got to know these families so well Uh, i think so every locker room he get he goes into it's it's a family um, these aren't just coworkers. They, these are family members. And so I think for Joe, relationships really matter. Family matters. Community matters. His teammates, you know, become part of his community, you know, part of his family. And so I think uh, you know, more than anything else, you know, Joe's super intelligent. He's a very good athlete, but he's supremely inclusive. He's a great leader because he sees the people he's leading as his, as his family. I love it. And honestly, I've, I've really never had a favorite Bengal. I mean, I have followed this team so closely for decades and decades. And, you know, I had favorite, you know, I had guys that I liked and, you know, some of my favorites. But when he came along and what he's done for this organization and the way he carries himself and the coolness and the intelligence and the leadership in in three, four short years, he has become my favorite Bengal of all time. And I'm, I'm sure you echo those sent- sentiments. Yep, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Well, Scott, you're just as eloquent as Joe Burrow. This this was phenomenal. I, I yeah. can listen to these stories all day. It's it's such a great topic to talk about, this great human being. And you've done a great job in this book. So the book is called From Bulldog to Bengal, The Joe Burrow Story. And it's written by Scott Burson, primarily, but with contributions from Sam Smathers. Scott, what's the best way for someone to get a copy of this book? Yeah, the best way is uh, just go to Amazon. And so if you search it, uh, Joe Burrow um, from Bulldog Bingo, you'll find it. And uh, so if you've got Prime, you'll have it in a day or two. It's exactly what I did. If you hear this, yeah. that's the book right there. It's a beautiful-looking book, and it's 207, uh, 300 pages 
of Joe Burrow. So anyone who likes the Bengals and Joe Burrow has to read this book. Scott, how do people find you on social media? Yeah, so I'm on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, you can send me a Facebook request. I'd be glad to be your friend. But yeah, I, I do tweet uh, from time to time. And what what's the name of your page? Yeah, so um, kid from Southeast Ohio. Uh, you can find me there. Excellent. Scott, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate your time and what you've done in creating this book. Hey, thanks so much, Frank. And uh, thanks for being a great Bengals fan out there in New Jersey and spreading the word. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music. Definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.